0: Welcome to Sportsman of Colorado, Colorado's premier outdoor radio show heard every Saturday afternoon on KLZ 560 with insights on hunting, fishing, archery, guns, and ammo from Colorado's top outfitters featuring the industry's leading experts on how to enhance your experience in the great outdoors. Now, here's your host, Scott Watley. Good afternoon and welcome to Sportsman of Colorado.
1: Thank you so much for being with us today. Hope everyone is having a great weekend. May have a little snow coming tomorrow, So, uh, but it's a pretty nice morning out there so far this morning, but once again, thanks for being with us. Just a reminder, if you miss us on Saturdays from 1 to 2, you can catch us on Sundays at 9 a.m. from 9 to 10, and then at 4 p.m., 4 to 5. You can catch a replay of our show, and uh, you can also check out our website, of Colorado. Com. Well, we've got a great show in store for you today, and we're going to kick it off with our good friend Henry Ferguson. You've heard Henry on the show several times, and uh, Kyle, his son, has actually been with us before, too. Kyle, good to see you.
2: Thanks. You too. All right.
1: And um, and uh, Henry's wife's also with us. Hey, well, you can say hi. 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 Okay. <laughs> uh, so uh, very good to see you guys. And uh, traffic, a little hectic getting over here, huh? A little Jeez. bit, yeah. <laughs> Man, everywhere we go. But I wanted to get Henry and Kyle on. Uh, Kyle, this was his first year to be able to get a tag, and he was successful on his elk hunt, which I was not, Kyle. I was not. (laughs) You know why? I got greedy. I had a bull step out, 90 yards, first few hours of a five-day hunt, and I thought I'm going to wait for something bigger. See, your dad is good at that. It now, normally, doesn't always.
3: It doesn't always but work it doesn't out. Doesn't always well work though. out. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs>
1: while you're eating elk, I'm going to be wishing I would have shot that elk. So because <laughs> I never got another opportunity. But um, Henry, I start off with you here, and then uh, so give us a little background of you know bringing Kyle up kind of your hunting heritage sure I mean, what this is kind of just meant to you as a dad and I mean we could take the hour
3: doing that but I boy, mean I, I we, could take the rest of the day doing yeah, that Scott. so it's very cool moment it, it really was I mean talk about one of those moments that you wait literally your son's whole life for and somebody said wow you've been waiting 12 years for that I'm like no when the doctor said you're having a boy the anticipation started building right then so <laughs> that's cool yeah. yeah so it's been 12 plus years in, in the making but uh you know he's he's come out he's gone out hunting with me a lot over the years and and just generally spent a lot of time in the woods and you know whether it's hiking scouting whatever um so you know he's got a love for the outdoors but that was built through a lot of time in the outdoors yeah and i think that's the only way you can build it sure really. sure And, you know, there's a right way to do that, too.
1: And, I mean, uh, you know, we were talking, um, I was talking with Austin Parr, discount fishing tackle, talking about taking kids fishing. I mean, you know, if you're just getting on to them all the time about being quiet or doing things wrong, doing all the things, I mean, you got to, you know, keep them involved in it and make sure they got good gear, too, where they're not freezing to death. Absolutely. (laughs) All the different things. But there's just, you know, that could be another whole show, really, of just how to do that right with kids. But, you know, keeping them involved where they do enjoy it and they do getting up early to go and, yeah, you know, that's. the hiking,
3: yeah. You know, we struggle to get him up at 645 for school, but, you know, if it's when hunting, you go in there yeah. and say, <laughs> it, during the summer at 330 and say, hey, you want to go scouting, you'll fly out of bed and go. Sure. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, life's all about uh, what motivates you, really. and that's Absolutely. Uh, no matter what age we are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm 45, and I still feel the same. Yeah, no so. no doubt. No doubt.
1: <laughs> All right, Kyle, well, walk us through what it's been like. First of all, it's probably been frustrating sometimes to be hunting and not be able to carry a gun or shoot something, and now this was your first time, so walk us through kind of that whole thought process.
2: Um, It's probably the fact that I've been hunting with my dad my whole life, that I've always wanted to get something, and being able to finally hunt, I was really excited, and we saw one herd of elk, before we got mine and we were kind of frustrated because it was right after right after we right after the sun went down mm-hmm. and we had just couldn't get them because they were running immediately af- as we came over this hill
3: wow so. it was just too dark just ran out of daylight yeah on us. i mean that uh, happens that, that,
1: that I want to find the calendar out in the woods that the game look at in the clock, because they
3: know, man, well, absolutely. it's safe
1: now. And yep. I mean, just yep. that one minute or two.
3: Yeah, earlier this year I would have argued that point, but I've had a few experiences that have pretty strongly validated that they're, you know, they. You can tell me all you want; they don't have calendars, but yeah, pretty sure I saw, you know, there's something out there that they <laughs> know when there's danger and when there's not. So, uh, so. Walk us through then when you
1: guys, you you spotted which ones you were going to try to get up on and stalk them a little bit. So walk us through that story of getting on it and then getting a shot.
2: So we were going up to where we were going to hunt and we hadn't even gotten there as we came up on this kind of V curve kind of, and it was right there. We started coming up to it and we saw elk up in this valley leading up the mountain and we saw them right there pulled back. Looked at him for a few minutes and got the gun out, parked the car, and parked the truck. I meant, and went up there, got a log, and just shot him.
1: Wow!
3: Just shot him, just that easy. Right? Just, just that easy. <laughs> uh, so, after 25 miles of hiking, it's yeah, just no that kidding. easy, you just, know. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, do you enjoy the whole part of the scouting and really looking, you know, finding different ones? Because your dad's an expert at that, man, finding them. And really watching them and knowing where they're going to be, yeah, yeah. So that's pretty cool. So what do your friends say about you being a hunter? You know, some uh, some um, kids are probably into hunting, some not. So
2: most of my friends, I make friends that like really love the outdoors. Like my best friend, really likes going camping and stuff. And my other friends also like live out in the. Live out in like Sedalia and stuff, so they also like the outdoors a lot. Also, mm-hmm.
3: so it ma- so it makes it pretty cool. Yeah, they're happy for you. Yeah. So you haven't really had any negative feedback on that.
2: Only a little bit, not really though.
3: Mm-hmm. Nothing too bad. Good, good.
1: <laughs> well, that's awesome. Again, Colin Henry Ferguson with us and his wife Stace, and uh, and you got what'd you get so far this year? Nothing. Oh, thanks, <laughs> Scott. Okay, <laughs> he told me to ask you that. See, I tried yeah, to act yeah. that like it was just nonchalant.
2: Kyle and I both had
4: um, tags for the same season, but our number one concern was getting Kyle his.
1: Sure, elk. So, sure. And then yeah. I had a deer tag. So,
3: right. well, and so Stacy, you could probably uh, relate to Scott's story that he told about passing a passing yeah. a bull. Yeah. <laughs> we literally, ten. Fifteen minutes after sunrise or after first light on opening morning, we had a real nice buck spotted for. Her. But, but like she said, you know, the number one goal was getting getting Kyle, yeah. getting Kyle and elk. So we waited, and maybe We're we should have. Enough, enough, <laughs> no, me <too. laughs>
1: I mean, when you figure what eighteen percent chance, I guess with elk, you know, they say. Um, on what statistics you read and yeah i had a hundred percent chance at 90 yards
3: there you i go. probably should have taken that yeah you know it's uh look at look at all the rest of the season that you got to hunt though yeah yeah and that's what i've been trying to convince <laughs> stacy of how great that was yeah, But absolutely. Uh, it's not been going all that well scott <laughs> so, so maybe sure. if you can help me out there <laughs>
2: yeah,
3: uh, yeah. so what rifle were you shooting kyle
2: I was using a 6.5 Creedmoor TC compass.
1: Okay, that's a great rifle. So, that's, that's cool. Did you even feel the gun go off when you squeezed the trigger?
2: Uh, I was more looking at the elk and I was more focused on that. Didn't even care about the kick
1: at yep. all. Yeah, you don't even feel it a lot of times when that's you're it. looking through there and watch
3: them die in the scope. Yep. Yeah. Don't even look up. Yeah. That was pretty darn close. Yeah. I mean, she, she dropped pretty quick and. He took a follow-up shot, and we're not sure where that hit. <laughs> Somewhere in the mountainside.
2: <laughs> he was yeah. a little jacked up. Yeah, wow.
3: he was. it was so funny because he turned around afterwards, and he goes, Oh, my gosh, Dad, my heart was just racing. It oh, is amazing. I mean, shot. we'd
1: be sitting there, and all yeah. of a sudden, something walks out. I mean, the other day, I got that little buck I showed you in mm-hmm. you the other day, and... I mean, I'm sitting there all calm, and all of a sudden, man, saw him. And, man, your heart rate, if we had our Fitbit on, I think it would probably double uh, very, very quickly. You
3: and, bet. Because, you know, hey, it's it's fun. You know. But if it doesn't, then...
1: Sure, something wrong. You know, yeah. something's wrong with Absolutely. you. <laughs> so, now your dad's a big archery guy. Are you kind of getting into archery, too?
2: Uh, I like more rifle because it's... Easier. Yeah, <laughs> and what? I like he's,
1: it. he's not wrong. I like guns yeah. all.
2: Also.
1: Yeah, you're also a very smart young man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so, talk about this as a family a little bit because, you know, I think there's a lot of times um whole gun thing just scares people or, you know. Sure. And I think there's so many misconceptions out there. I mean, you think, to look at all the different things with Disney, and, and we've talked about this for many years on the show, but Disney animated films where they give the, the bunnies voices and they're friends with the lions in the forest, and And then all of a sudden look like they develop these personalities (laughs) and they're real pets, and then we're just these big jerks for going out and shooting something. So um, how have you guys addressed that as a family?
3: I mean, really, from my perspective, I mean, I grew up with it. I just grew up with that that was just part of my upbringing. You know, we had guns around. I mean, it's just the way it was. And for Kyle, it's been pretty much the same. I mean, he's had... You know, he got a we got him a single shot twenty two and when he was in kindergarten what i believe and so you know just teaching him how to use it and how to safely use it and how to properly use it and i I just think that I, first of all, I think guns are getting a bad a bad rap right now because of a few bad eggs mm-hmm. doing doing the wrong things with them things that they were not really i mean in my opinion designed to do yeah but, uh you know, if you're taught to respect your fellow man and respect the animals you're shooting at and you're gonna do things in a safe and in a safe environment, you know, then it's I think there's just nothing wrong with it at all. I think it's the best lifestyle you can have.
1: Yeah, absolutely. By the way, a quick note, there is a Loveland Gun Show going on today, uh, Phoenix Weaponry. Our friends are out there. It's at 5280 Arena Circle in Loveland. Uh, saw Aaron last night at his shop, and they uh, said they were going to be out there this weekend. So if you get by out there, uh, go by the Phoenix Weaponry booth and tell them hello. And also our friends at Green Mountain Guns. They're in Lakewood at 3355 South Yarrow Street. Mike and Julie Cook, uh, New owners out there um, as of this year, and so just a lot of great deals out there. This month is Smith & Wesson Month, so a lot of great deals on Smith & Wesson, but get by and see the store, and as we've mentioned, there's just great deals on new and consigned firearms, Uh, and if you've got an estate sale, and I was talking to someone today, and they said, well, what classifies as an estate? Really, any number of guns. I mean, if you've got three or four or five or several hundred, uh, Mike will come out, take a look at those, and um, you can either consign them or... You know, he'll just figure out a really fair price and um, cut you a check. So any way you want to do it, and I know they're going to have some great specials here coming up for Black Friday. It's hard to believe it's already getting that time again to talk about Thanksgiving and Christmas, but that is right around the corner. So, again, I hope you'll get out and see them. Uh, If you go in, make sure you mention you heard about them here on Sportsman of Colorado. And Once again, that's Green Mountain Guns, 3355 South Yarrow Street in Lakewood. So, Kyle, what's on your bucket list now? I mean, so, uh, what do you want to get next? A deer. <laughs> a deer? Okay. You like those mule deer like your dad, huh?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Cool. <laughs> um, Stacy, as far as, you know, you as a parent, I mean, a mom parent, okay, let's go to okay. the female side <laughs> yes. of this. And you, other females, I mean, guys, we can talk to dads, hey, this is what we do. But then other moms that maybe aren't into the big hunting thing, but see so you guys post pictures, do whatever. Yeah. Uh, any thoughts there on. Or most of the people in your circle just...
3: Yeah, most of them are supportive. Are supportive. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So, Henry, now, what do you got going on here the rest of your hunting season? Well, as of right
3: now, it's over. Okay. Um, That's unless we miraculously pick up a uh, turn back in fourth season tag for Kyle. Yeah, which is... Not that I'm checking the app, you know, every... (laughs) Five to 10 minutes or anything, but I'm checking the app every five to 10 minutes. Right, right. Well, every time
2: one pops up, you quickly go to get oh, one and buy man. it, and it's gone. And so.
3: they're just going so fast. Yeah. And, and I mean, even for second tier units, which I'll gladly take right now, I'll just take a deer tag. You know, we just want to give them another opportunity to get out there and, mm-hmm. you know, chase more animals around, try to build on that success. And I mean, it's not, uh, you know, it, it, there's no guarantees, but Sure. And I'm, I'm a whole lot better at hunting deer than I am hunting elk. So, <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's, and there uh, are a lot of great programs for youth.
3: Oh, well, there are, and yeah. we didn't uh, we didn't exactly hit the mother load for tags this year. Because I mean, we went he went zero for nine. I applied him for everything, and he drew nothing this year. So, Oh, really? Yeah, it was a little disappointing. And I, I well, as
4: a family, we didn't draw.
3: Yeah, as a family, I drew an antelope tag, and Stacy drew a deer tag, and that was absolutely it. So. Mm. Yeah, and I you know we I think we're we're kind of together with everybody else in the state and a little bit concerned about the future of hunting opportunities here for for residents especially because of mm-hmm. the uh, because of the new system at parks and wildlife but you know it's too early to really say what impact that's going to have on us yet. Right.
1: We'll how how was year. the overall archery season from what you heard?
3: Man, I had a I, I mean, personally, I had a fantastic season. Watching, you know, watching some of the local forums and stuff, it seems like the harvest might have been down a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, personally, I had a deer and an antelope tag and, and filled both of those. So, but that's, uh, but I, I do think the harvest was was maybe down just a little bit this year. Right, right. And that could have been, you know, related to a few things like, you know, hot weather. No no real moisture during the season. I mean it was it was real, real dry out right, there. Right. So. so what were you I mean you, you never really have an off season. No, I don't. I, I we just started our three D league again on on uh, Thursday nights at No Limits. We'd shoot an indoor three D league up there. So okay. that keeps me uh, keeps me going and keeps me uh, kind of working towards something and then you know, there's a few tournaments throughout the winter that I try to get to and then once once it gets to spring, um, when the tournament season really starts ramping up, so does lacrosse. So yeah. I'm kind of yeah. out. <laughs> I used to hit a lot of those, but just yeah. don't have the time anymore. Right. So, Kyle,
1: you've suffered several injuries over the last few years in your sports world, haven't oh, you?
2: Man. Not really several. Yeah. More than that.
1: <laughs> man, every time I've looked at base like, in this cast or this cast
3: or something like that. Two fingers
2: and a yeah.
3: yeah. Two fingers and a foot this year. Wow. Yeah. So it's been kind of an overachiever there. Yeah.
4: And
3: our but deductible didn't need it, but <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm no kidding. So talk a minute just about let's let's talk about archery a minute. Um, you know, I think there's some I mean as sport seems to be growing and growing more and more every year for kids, women, everybody. I think so, yeah. And uh so
3: let's talk about kind of getting that proper fit first sure. with a bow and I mean, the first thing you need to do, I mean, there's there's a number of different ways to measure your draw length, but it's something that, I, and, and I mean, people, people laugh at me, but I can tell when my bow's out. You know, when it's not right, mm-hmm. I know it, because I mean, it's just not holding right on the target. It's going to be the pin, it's, it's by watching the pin more than anything. You can see in the movement that it has. Um, when it's right, it's pretty solid. It's not moving around much. Um, but when it's, you know, when you've got a string that's maybe stretched a little bit or a cable that's a little bit out, man, you can start to see it real quick. Wow. So, yeah, it's, it's, but the reason I say that is it's, it's crucial to get a proper fit. And there's a number of different ways to measure that draw length. Um, but the best thing you can do really to get started, especially, is to go to a good solid pro shop. We've got a few of them here in town. I, I love going to No Limits um, with Phil Mendoza up there. And, yeah, I um, you know, that's that's a, a great starting point, is you they'll measure you for the draw length, and then they'll have enough bows on the rack that you can shoot a few of them and see exactly how that draw length fits you, because you can measure the draw length, but then once you start shooting, you'll kind of fine-tune it a little bit, and you'll find, well, I, I you know, some people maybe shoot a little bit better with their draw length, a little on the long side, and some will shoot a little better, you know, a little on the shorter side. So it's just a matter of, of getting in there, getting the proper foundation, getting to the right start, and then uh, kind of shooting your way into some experience from right. there. And I guess one thing that's always
1: just scared me is like, okay, you got your bow out there, you've, you've hiked your 20 miles, whatever, and let's say you stumble or something, you hit something, you breaks, you know, on a bow. Well, and the
3: vast majority of people I mean, have no idea what to do. No, at that point. absolutely. I believe that's true. <laughs> yeah. and, and I mean, I've, I've actually, I carry a little pocket bow press in my truck. Um, so if something goes wrong.
1: You can we, just about fix it. Oh, anything. yeah, we've,
3: we've fixed a lot of guys' bows on the side of them, you know, in the woods before mm-hmm. and at tournaments and stuff like that. So it's I, I encourage people that if you're going to be involved with it, learn it you know, really learn the process and learn the equipment and learn what makes it work. And, um, you know, it's just a matter of investing your time into it. Sure. And when you talk to the guys, again, at the pro shops, that's that's where you're going to gain this, this kind of knowledge. Right. So you can read about it on the Internet, but at, at the pro shop, they can just show you. They can show you hands-on, hey, here's what we're doing, here's why we're doing it. Mm-hmm. And a good pro shop won't hesitate to spend the time with you to... To help teach you those things. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, Kyle, again, man, congratulations. Glad Thanks. you got that. All right. Thank you. So you got a sportsman, Colorado radio hat now. So you got to oh, kill yeah. something before I you know. get a new. You got to kill something before you get a new hat from us. So. <laughs> okay. Congratulations, <laughs> man.
2: It won't be that long. Uh,
1: all right. <laughs> I do have another style. I'll give you another style when next your next game. Okay.
2: <laughs> uh, hopefully, it'll only be a, only a week because fourth season.
3: Fourth yeah. season. Still holding
1: out hope. Hopefully, Dad will find a tag for you. <laughs> try. yeah. Thank you guys for coming all the way over sure. and Thanks, all that. Scott. It's great to have Our you guys pleasure. on. And Thanks uh, for having again, us. Kyle, congrats, and uh, we'll get you on again, man. Maybe you can start doing a good youth segment for us or something here <laughs> <during> on the show. <laughs> all right. Okay. Once again, remember, there is a uh, gun show out in Loveland today. That's at 5280 Arena Circle in Loveland. And if you stop out there, see our friends at Phoenix Weaponry and also Green Mountain Guns, 3355 South Yarrow Street in Lakewood. Go out and see Mike and Julie and Jared and all the crew out there and uh, let them know you heard about them here on the show. Stay tuned for more. We've got Patty Paddock coming up with the Outdoorsman's Attic, and also Warren Watson is going to join us. And Warren is a um, world champion shotgun shooter and going to share some tips on all of us shooting a little better. You're listening to Sportsman Colorado. We'll be right back. This is Red Merrill for Phoenix Weaponry. Phoenix Weaponry is a weapon manufacturer that services the firearm enthusiast. From precision ARs to suppressors, Phoenix Weaponry can make your dreams come true. Phoenix Weaponry is a full service gun shop that offers gunsmithing, coating, and modifications to your own weapon. Phoenix Weaponry, family owned and operated right here in Colorado. If you can dream it, Phoenix Weaponry can build it. Call today, 720-340-2496. Again, that's 720 340 2496. Or visit their website, phoenixweaponry.com. Mention Sportsman of Colorado and receive ten percent off your custom built weapon. Hi, this is Scott Watley. Let me tell you what I love about Stack Optical. They are truly one of the last optician owned, family-owned optical stores. At Stack Optical, You can be confident you'll receive personal attention. For over 50 years, Alan Stack has shown he really cares about making his customers happy. Stack Optical also has a beautiful new location at 2233 South Monaco Parkway in Denver. Free and easy, up-close parking. Stack Optical has an on-site eyeglass production lab. Whether you need office eyewear... Or a new set of shooting or golf glasses, Stack Optical has the solution with the Stack Sport Pack. Give them a call today and ask for their $69 eye exam. 303-321-1578. That's 303-321-1578. Your eyes and vision are one of the most important things in life. I'm confident at Stack Optical you'll see the difference. That's 303-321-1578. StackOptical.com.
2: Ladies, I know you're tired of walking into the
1: local gun store and seeing the same old thing. So let me tell you about Rampart Firearms. Just a quarter mile up Highway 67 off of Santa Fe in Sedalia, you will find a great selection of guns, ammo, tactical, and personal defense weapons. And if you or your spouse love to hunt, Rampart Firearms is a great stop for all of your hunting needs. Shotguns, rifles, pistols, anything from predator hunting to your next big game trip. Head to Rampart Firearms at the foot of the Rockies. Open six days a week, Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. And you will only pay a 4% tax on your purchase. Rampartfirearms.com, 720-468-0050. That's
3: 720-468-0050.
1: Rush to Reason with John Rush. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. Welcome back to Sportsman of Colorado. Again, thank you so much for joining us. Going to the phones now and talking to our good friends at the Outdoorsman's Attic. Uh, this is probably one of my favorite stores in the whole world. You never know what you're going to find there, but I promise you you'll find this. Great values and friendly service. And we're going to talk to one of the owners there, Patty Paddock. Patty, how are you?
5: I'm doing well, Scott.
1: How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much. I'm telling you, hard to believe it will be uh, end of the year here pretty quick. This year I know Thanksgiving by. and then Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! Yes, it certainly has. The older we
5: get, the faster it goes.
1: And, and that is a very true statement. I'm learning. Yes, ma'am. Uh, again, the Outdoorsman's Attic. Check them out. They're at 2650 West Hamden in Sheridan. And um, and Patty, I mean, good night. Well, this, I, you know, I said this first time I met you guys, but I mean, what a terrific idea. Because you don't find many consignment things, um, you know, for guys. Period. But yet, this is a store that's really just a whole new thing, because I've never known of anyone else that did anything like this, consignment for the outdoors, which can be for men, women, boys and girls, as they say. You just never know what's going to be in there for you.
5: And that's right. Anybody that um, camps, hunts, fishes, uh, uses you know firearms, it's, um, it's a store for them. It has a lot of used things, because it is a consignment store, although we do have new things throughout the store, too. Mm -hmm. But if somebody wants to try camping or try fly fishing, they can come here and they can get a pre-owned fishing rod or, you know, um, a backpack. And and they don't have to spend an arm and a leg. So if they don't like it, they don't feel bad. But if they, you know, really, really love it, yes, they can upgrade. And, you know, we have some higher-end things, too, that are pre-owned. It's not just, um, you know, your your, oh, your lower end brand. Right. I mean, we have some fly rods, you know, that go up to fourteen hundred dollars, and then we have fly rods that are eighty nine ninety five. Mm-hmm. So there's something for every budget, absolutely. which is really kind of nice.
1: It, it absolutely yeah. is, and and you know, when we talk about pre-owned, some people think of the whale. Another word for that is used, but I'm telling you what, in most cases, and all the things that you have there. I mean, there are things that are pre-owned,
5: but they look
1: brand new. I mean, they don't even look like they've been out in the field.
5: <laughs> there are quite a few items that we have that if they have been used, you can't tell, mm-hmm. and which is great. And then another thing that uh, a lot of our regulars know is we date our items. On um, the lower left side of our tickets, it'll say when that item came in. And the regulars know, hey, if it's been here for over 30 days, they're going to ask, hey, can you do a little bit better on this price? And 90% of the time we can. There are some that we can't. Sure. But, uh, yeah, but it doesn't hurt to ask and save a little bit more money.
1: Absolutely. And... um... We don't have time to get in all the different way the consignment thing works, but for those that, you know, aren't familiar with you and uh, the stores, and we mentioned this is a consignment store, so, well, if you're going through some rooms or garage here, kind of cleaning up things for the end of the year and uh, find some things for the outdoors, as Patty mentioned, we're talking camping, hunting, fishing, um, pretty much anything for the outdoors, um, they can bring that in. You set them up an account and kind of explain how that works.
5: Okay, we, we give them a number. And they can also go online and they just put in their, their name, their number, and they can see how we priced an item if we have not gone over it with them. Or they can just say, oh, good, I sold something. I'm going to go in and get some money or use it for, you know, something in the store. Um, it doesn't matter to us. But their number is theirs forever. It will never change. And the money's in their account forever, too, if they don't come and pick it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if we sell an item up to $100, it's a 50-50 split. If we sell it for more, they would get 60%. And it just its a gradual. Of course, firearms are totally separate consignment. Right. Um, yes. But, um, yeah. Basically, that's how it works. Well, and
1: this is what I tell yeah. people all the time too. It's it's a much safer way. Unfortunately, in the world we live in, first of all, you don't know if a check's good or if house people printed that off. You don't even know if cash is good sometimes. <laughs> but you that's know, right. you don't want people coming uh-huh. to your house, coming to your garage, trying to do a garage sale. Who wants to sit among stuff you want to get rid of all day? I mean, they can come there, and and you're. I, I honestly believe that you're going to get more for it in a in a store type setting, still giving your customer a good value but I think it just works out better for everybody.
5: I don't think we've had any complaints. Yeah. Know, we've been in business now for nine years, mm-hmm. and um, we're, we treat our customers and our consigners very fairly. Um, yes, um, after a certain length of time, like uh, two years for some clothing, I eventually donate it to the uh, Disabled American Vets, right. just because the consignor doesn't want it back, and nobody else wants it, and we keep reducing the price. And so then we go, okay, we're not going to throw it in the garbage. We're going to let somebody else hopefully get some use out of, you know, the clothing. Um, some of the other things, they just kind of get, you know, reduced and reduced. But clothing, uh, I think everybody needs, you know, a warm jacket.
4: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Uh, Patty yeah. Paddock is our guest. The Outdoorsman's Attic is the store. You can check them out on Facebook. Also check out their website, OutdoorsmanAttic.com. They're located at 2650 West Hamden and this used to be if you know that area of town off Santa Fe and Hamden used to be what they call the uh, camera trader building and so the back of it faces Hamden but they're just right off that service road and uh, just a, a great great store and like I say you know I go in there several times a week because you just never know what you're gonna find there and if once again if you're looking to get some great value for some things you're just not using anymore um, this is a great place to take it and they will take great care of you and if you're looking for some things, maybe uh, to get some waterfowl uh, gear, whatever, they've got it there. And why pay retail when you can save some money at the outdoorsman's attic? Now, I also want to mention you guys got live bait. You've even got a few kayaks left over. And while some people say, hey, it's not kayak season now, it will be again. And this is a great time. Maybe to get somebody a good gift. Get them a kayak.
5: That's right. And. It will fit under the tree because these are inflatable kayaks, okay. brand-new Glide inflatable kayaks. So you don't have to look at a great big hard kayak in your garage or in your apartment all winter long. Um, it, you know, folds right up and only weighs maybe 32 pounds. So, um, yeah, and we can give you great deals for Christmas.
1: All right. Well, Patty, hey, thank you guys again. Again, y'all have been great, great friends and supporters of our show, and we appreciate it and uh, always love coming in. So if you get by, make sure when you walk in you find Patty, Bill, or Billy and let them know you heard about them here on Sportsman of Colorado. Once again, they're located at 2650 West Hamden. So, Patty, thank you so much, and we appreciate it.
5: Okay, thank you, Scott. Have a Uh great weekend. All
0: right, you as well. You're listening to Sportsman of Colorado. We'll be right back. If you have just been in an accident, there is a lot going on with the screeching tires, crunching metal, and breaking glass. It's hard to remember what to do. That's why Kevin Flesch of Flesh of Law wants you to remember to panic. No, he doesn't mean run around screaming or start hyperventilating. He means use the acronym P a n i c to remember what to do p is for police call the police immediately it's very important to have an official record of what happened a is assess as in assess all of your injuries and seek medical care if necessary n is for never admit fault it's your job to take care of yourself not to determine who is at fault i is for insurance take pictures of the other person's insurance and id info and get pictures of the accident if you can and finally, C is for Call Kevin Flesh. Kevin Flesh is more than just a name used to intimidate the insurance companies. He will help you. If you've been injured in an accident, call Flesh Law at 303-806-8886 for a free consultation and he'll help you get the compensation that you deserve. Hi, this is Scott Watley. Now many times
1: you hear your radio host like me say something like, "Let me tell you about my friends at," then we'll talk about a sponsor that we truly believe in and endorse. Well, in this case, let me tell you about a company that really is part of my family, Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center. For over 13 years, we have trusted our furry family members to this wonderful staff. At Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, they believe that all pets deserve to have a good life, and their goal is to help you keep your pets happy and healthy throughout their life by providing complete pet care services every day, all at one location. We love the Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center boarding lodge, and your pet will, too. Your pet will receive one-on-one care and attention throughout their stay. Open seven days a week for your convenience. Check them out. Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, located at 8681 Lincoln Avenue in Lone Tree. 303-708-8050. 303-708-8050. Or check them out online at LoneTreeVet.com.
3: Hi, this is Kevin Trisna, owner of M4 Roofing and Gutters. Since 2004, it's been our mission to provide the highest quality of service and trust to every customer we serve. M4 Roofing and Gutters is a family-owned and operated company right here in Englewood, Colorado. At M4 Roofing and Gutters, quality customer service is our top priority. For a free inspection and estimate for your roofing project, Call today, 303-797-8600, that's 303-797-8600, or visit us online at m4roofing.com. M4 Roofing and Gutters is an A-plus member of the Better Business Bureau and haystackhelp.com.
1: Let me tell you about one of my favorite stores, The Outdoorsman's Attic, a consignment store for all of your adventure outdoor gear. Hunting, fishing, camping, kayaks, live bait, survival gear, backpacks, sleeping bags, firearms, and ammo. Save 20, 30, 40, and even 50% on new and pre-owned items at The Outdoorsman's Attic. Mention Sportsman of Colorado and save up to 20% on your purchase. This offer excludes firearms and ammo. Never pay retail again. Big savings and friendly service is what you'll find at the Outdoorsman's Attic. Located at 2650 West Hampton Avenue in Sheridan. 303-781-3626. That's 303-781-3626. Check them out, outdoorsmansattic.com. Rush to Reason with John Rush, weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. Welcome back to Sportsman of Colorado again. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Scott Watley. We're going to go to the phones now. And have a gentleman on that really, um, man, I I guess it was about 2013 that I was told I need to get this gentleman on. And we've met several times, talked several times, but actually the first time to get him on the show. And I'm honored to say Warren Watson is with us. And uh, if you know anything about shotgun shooting and all that, you've heard the name for many years here in our state. So, Warren, thanks for being with us on Sportsman of Colorado.
4: Well, thank you
1: for having me, Scott. Yeah, I tell you, I met Bart, our good friend. That's our uh, good gunsmith. And, man, you were one of the first. I told him, I said, man, I'm going to start an outdoor radio show about the outdoors. And and I said, who's some good people around? And you were one of the top couple of names he gave me. And so I'm sorry it took us this long to to get you on the air. Well, good
4: things take a
1: while. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, Warren, we'll get into, I want to get into some shotgun shooting and all that kind of thing, but um, just tell our listeners, again, first time, you know, a little bit about your background and um, how you got into doing this um, instructions for shotgun shooting.
4: Well, I was always an avid hunter, and in about 1989, a game called Sporting Clays surfaced, and I kind of gravitated to that in the off-season, the bird season, and started uh, enjoying it, competing at it. And uh, ultimately, I was fortunate enough to win the Colorado State Championship in 1999. Okay. And I was uh, getting a little older about that time, and I thought I would like to open up a teaching practice. And I found that I enjoyed teaching better than I did competing. Uh, And that's how I developed my business.
1: Huh. Wow. You know, for your year, several years, I worked for Jake Jabs at American Furniture, and Jake always said, "Hey, find a need and fill that need, and you'll be successful." And see, you found the need, you found the niche there, so that's good. So, um, um, you, you, for kids, I mean, teenagers, whatever, men, women, um, anybody that needs oh, instruction, you can help out.
4: You mean my clientele? Yes, sir. Yeah, uh, I teach the beginner right on through to the master level. Competitor. And I got to say, having that diversity, mm-hmm. prices be young in the business. Um, a lot of guys uh, across the country, they specialize in one thing or the other. And I found that to be boring. <laughs> so, and there's nothing I like better than to get somebody started in the shotgun world. Right. And so that's why I, my practice is widespread.
1: So, you know, it's great if you can get that. that um first-timer or the child out there that's just getting going where they don't have any bad habits to break, but I would assume uh, kind of like golf, you know, if you've been doing it a while, then you figure out, oh, I've been doing it wrong, so I would assume a lot of your clientele is those of us that feel like, hey, we know how to shoot a little bit, and uh, but once we get out there, we see quite often that, you know, there's just certain of those targets and clays come in different directions we are just not good at and still can't hit to this day, so walk us through a little bit of just that kind of what that initial consultation is like, so to speak. Hey, you know, somebody comes out and, hey, the guy's been a hunter a gal's been a hunter for a while. How do you start out with that?
4: Well, uh, the classic is a 45- to mid-age-year-old person, a man, not always, but uh, typically a man that's hunted all his life. And he's raised his family, got him in college, and got back where he had time to hunt, and he enjoyed it as a young man and found out his skills weren't quite as good as he remembered them being. And the conversation with that shooter uh, would be as follows. What's your primary interest? Is it pheasant hunting, quail hunting, sporting clay shooting, all the above? Mm -hmm. Uh, What type of target presentations do you struggle with, such as crossing shots or long-distance shots or birds coming at you? And I'm trying to define down there, so we can focus our time together to solve some of the problems. Right. Yeah.
1: And so when when you when you talk about the different things, whether it be pheasant, dove, waterfowl, whatever, um, I'm sure there's just some still primary things in shooting, no matter how fast that bird may be or how slow you know a goose may be or something, but um, as opposed to a dove. So um, let's talk through some of the maybe common mistakes, first of all, that you just see from, again, those that probably have felt like they've been a pretty good shotgun shooter most of their life?
4: Well, uh, the first thing I take a look at, I take them to a very straightforward target, either one going straight away or coming at them, and I, I check their vision. And that's the most important thing. A lot of people are under the thought process that you're supposed to shoot with both eyes open. Yes, it's preferable. But some people can't do the left-eye or right-eye dominance, and the gun is on the other side. And identifying that and giving them solutions to it, if it is a problem, uh, is huge. Next thing is posture, how they stand to address the target. Uh, third thing is mount. How do they mount the gun? Are they doing it consistently? Are they doing it properly? Uh, and the third or fourth thing would be rhythm. And that's where a lot of hunters blow it. Uh, They overreact to the target. And uh, then they have to make all kinds of fixes in the process of getting back to the target. And the rhythm involves tempo and timing, the speed of the target and uh, the uh, timing of the shot to the target. So Mm -hmm. if you're talking about a basic beginner or somebody that has habits that needs fixed, those would be the four things that we would focus on.
1: Right. And, you know, I mean, gosh, we've all had that feeling, right? When we know, right, when we pull the trigger, Trigger when you talk about rhythm, another way to say that would be we rushed a shot and just pulled Absolutely. it up and really quick and just, just pulled the trigger real quick, yeah. <laughs> What about, you right. know, you look you take golf, you know, and they always say keep your head down, follow through, all that. Same thing in shooting kind of because I think a lot of times, you know, people, will, and I've caught myself, you know, hey, pulling my head off the stock real quick, just see what happened out there. And uh, I'm sure that's a common problem as well.
4: Well, you bring up a very good point. Uh, one of the things I ask shooters, what sports have you played and what sports have you excel- accelerated at? And uh, if you're a golfer, Man, uh, I'm halfway home Mm -hmm. because it takes balance, posture, rhythm, tempo, timing, uh, still head, all those things, and you hit it right on the spot. Uh, Golf has a lot of analogy to shooting shotgun.
1: Right. Yeah, I had a guy tell me one time when we were playing golf, he said, well, you will never drown. And I said, why is that? He said, you can't keep your head down that long. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, again, Warren Warren Watson is our guest. Uh, Warren works out at Valhalla, and uh, if you'd like to get in touch with him and um, learn more about his shooting, uh, give him a call, 720-284-4799, 720-284-4799. Now, you mentioned closing an eye, so, so do you recommend, um, I mean, it looks like, you know, right eye dominant, left eye dominant, I mean, closing that one eye to, uh, is that what you recommend?
4: Well, you know, uh, to understand it clearly, if you're right-handed, uh, it has nothing to, that will not guarantee you are right eye dominant, or left-handed doesn't guarantee that, and each one of us is born with a dominancy, typically, in our vision. Uh, the classic case is a right hand shooter, left eye dominant, trying to shoot with both eyes open. And when he does, he, it's almost impossible for him to hit a target. Hmm. Uh, he will always displace the shot to the left of the target. And in that situation, the remedies are number one, learn to shoot left handed, which most people are very resistant to do that. Uh, young people will go to it right away. Yeah. They don't care. Right. But. You and I, we're not changing, okay? (laughs) So the next option we have is to shut the eye uh, in the process of shooting. But the real key there is when to shut it. Because two eyes open give you depth perception. But with a dominancy issue, when you get the gun up in your face, at that point you've got a misalignment. So that eye has to be shut in a sequence of mounting the gun. Hmm. Now, the, the third option they have is that we can block that eye with Vaseline, uh capstick, right. A piece of scotch tape. And what we're doing is obscuring the vision in the dominant eye to the point that the right eye takes over. So we have to find the remedy that would fix the shooter. Hmm. So
1: So it's do you pretty involved. Right. So do you classify it, you know, when you're saying, hey, you look at that bird, you mount the gun, you know, smoothly and in the rhythm you talk about. Um Do you find most people pointing a shotgun or aiming too much? I mean, what's really the right terminology that we should be doing?
4: Well, the terminology is pointing, uh, but it really comes from your vision. Uh, I hear guys refer to their bead a lot. Uh, A bead is not a sight. A bead is something that appears in your peripheral vision, which is unclear, but you're aware of it your central vision has to stay on the target at all times. Okay. And if it starts sight down the gun barrel, the gun barrel will slow down or stop.
1: Gotcha. And then um, do you like just, just starting out with, like I say, just a target coming at someone, like you mentioned earlier? Is that, that what you first look at just to see how they, how their normal mount is of a gun and all that?
4: Right, and i tell you, a target coming directly at them at a high angle where they have a lot of time. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you start hurrying people to figure out problems, uh, you're going to get misinformation. And that's one of the things I see people make mistakes with with kids and wives and such. Mm -hmm. When they're trying to introduce them to a target, they don't pick their targets carefully. Right, Uh, They throw too difficult of targets for them to start with, and they get very disappointed early, and we hope they come back. Uh, new shooters uh, need success; mm-hmm. they, need it quick, they need it quickly, and you have to set the stage for that. And once you've got that, got that done, you proceed right down the line. To- difficulty
1: And that's also getting them a gun that fits them right too i mean you don't want to hand you know sometimes hey, a 12 year old might be able to handle a 12 gauge but some may not be and sometimes i think you know uh we don't think that through as dads or parents you know oh here's the 12 gauge and man it, you know knocks a kid's shoulder off and then they don't like it and that's not a good
4: thing well you're exactly right and a lot of people Have a misunderstanding that a 20 gauge single barrel shotgun is the thing to start a child with or a young shooter, and it's the worst thing because the gun's light. Yes, it's a smaller gauge, but recoil is a function of weight of gun and shot uh, speed. Mm -hmm. And a 20 gauge single barrel shotgun can kick harder than a 12 gauge Magnum, and uh, they don't understand that. (laughs) And what I like to get them on is some type of semi automatic. Right. which reduces felt recoil. And what I really pay attention to is the length of pull. Uh, most shotguns come off the rack to fit people. You're in my size, mm-hmm. adult men, and they don't fit a 5T woman or a child. Right, And they're, they're off balance, uh, which adds to recoil. You've seen the backward pose where they move their shoulders back, trying to mm-hmm. mount the gun. Sure. And that's all due to the length of pull of the stock. And I keep a battery of those guns here that are fit for women and children, okay. just for that purpose. Right. Right.
1: And, you know, you talk about your stance. I mean, man, it's so important. And, and I think it's important to practice in maybe some different ways, too, because, you know, a lot of times walking in a field, you may not be in that good squared-up stance and all that, but it's it's important to have that as your your basic foundation for sure because, I mean, I've caught myself, you know, we always talk about maybe watching a, a quarterback throw a ball and throwing off his back foot. I've watched some people and done it myself over the years of kind of shooting off a back foot. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, you know, and that's one of the things I think a lot of instructors don't do is talk about footwork. Mm-hmm. Many times in the upland field in particular, the first thing it should move is your feet to get into the direction you're going to be shooting. Right. Uh, and that allows everything else to come into play properly. If you uh, get caught on your right foot out front and your left-hand shooter, you better take a half a second and take a step forward mm-hmm. and get that left foot out there, and that allows you to mount the gun properly and be athletic in your move to the target. Right.
1: Uh, a couple more questions for you, and then, like I say, I appreciate your time. Warren Watson is our guest. Again, he works out at Valhalla. Uh, if you are looking for some great shotgun instruction uh, for the whole family, man, take take the kids, everything. Warren can help you out. Give him a call, 720 284 four47. Nine nine seven two zero two eight four forty seven ninety nine. Swinging shots get a lot of us. Some of us are better from right to left. Some better left to right. Um, when we're mounting that gun for that swing shot, what are some tips there, real quick?
4: Yes. Uh, the right hand shooter typically struggles with a left to right crossing shot, and a left hand shooter right to left. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason why is as we turn, I call it to our weak side, being a right-hand shooter myself, as I turn to my right, my body starts to tighten up very quickly Right, and blows the speed of the gun down. That's where footwork comes into play uh, to help them get the lead on the target get out in front of it. If they would just g- gently step back with their right foot and open their body up to the shot, it increases their arc speed and the swing speed and the arc of the gun, and hmm. same vice versa for a left-hand shooter. And crossing shots is always subject to lead. Yeah. Uh, understanding lead, and there is a math to it. Uh, learning lead, you don't—you weren't born knowing lead. Sure. You learn it, and that's from repetitive shooting at crossing shots at different distances. Mm-hmm. Uh, no other. There's no easy way around it. Right, right.
1: Uh, So tell us a little bit about how your your classes work. And, um, um, I mean, is it a package kind of buy or a single session? How do you do it?
4: Okay, I uh, do do single sessions. I do very few anymore because I've built a pretty substantial practice. Uh, Most of my students are on a 10-package session. Okay. (laughs) and That's usually two hours a session. And we use them as we need them. And I mean that. In this respect, we depend on where we start from, uh, we have to, as a building block system, over 10 times together. And sometimes it takes six months to a year to use up those 10 sessions because in the interim, between sessions, I ask them to go shoot. Sure. And when they come back, the very first question I ask, what's giving you trouble? Mm-hmm. We solve that problem, and then we build on top of that. And it's just layered on and on until they're pretty darn confident with a shotgun no matter where they're at.
1: Right, right. Well, Warren, hey, man, we appreciate it. A lot of great information. We will certainly do this again. I know you've um, got some other exciting things coming out uh, with a, a book, I believe, and also we'll, we'll talk about that hopefully in the future as well. But, uh, again, folks, if you're looking to learn from the best, this gentleman is it. You can reach him at 720 284 Four seven nine nine. Mention you heard him here on Sportsman of Colorado, and uh, Warren, I won't tie you down anything, but hey, help somebody out a little bit if they'll mention the show, and I'd appreciate that.
4: <laughs> I'll be glad to do so. All
1: right, that's Warren Watson. Warren, thank you so much, sir, and uh, have a great rest of your day.
4: Thank you, Scott. All Bye. right,
1: and we want to thank all of our guests today on Sportsman of Colorado, and thank you for joining us. And just a reminder: on Sundays, you can catch us at 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. If you happen to miss our Saturday a 1 o'clock live show. Hope, Hope you have a great rest of your day. Leave it right here on KLZ 560.